Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the STL All Local Podcast from the KMOX Newsroom with the news you need tonight. Our top local story on this Thursday, March 16th, the judges who recused themselves from the Kim Gardner case have hired attorneys. The judges of the 22nd Judicial Circuit have hired a retired judge to represent them in the effort to remove Kim Gardner from office. Booker T. Shaw had been on the 22nd Circuit bench from 1983 to 2002 and currently practices law with the Thompson-Coburn firm in St. Louis. All the judges recused themselves from hearing the case that was filed in the St. Louis court, believing they may be called on to testify about their experiences with the circuit attorney. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. As you heard on KMOX, a week after announcing his retirement, St. Louis County Police Lieutenant Colonel Troy Doyle announces he'll become the Ferguson Police Chief on April 1st. After 31 years with the St. Louis County Police, his last day is March 24th. Well, I've been thinking about it, um, especially since the last two times I was passed over for chief. So uh, it entered my mind. So, um, again, when this opportunity came up, it was a pretty easy decision for me. Doyle's discrimination lawsuit against St. Louis County remains in litigation. He says never in his wildest dreams did he think he'd ever sue an employer. Meantime, Ferguson remains under a Department of Justice consent decree, which Doyle says is actually a good thing. Because the consent decree requires police departments to uh, police in a fair and equitable manner. And I don't see that as a bad thing. The community of Herman is mourning the loss of one officer killed in the line of duty. Another was critically wounded in the shooting at a convenience store Sunday. The St. Louis group Backstoppers has stepped in to assist their loved ones. Executive Director Ron Battelle says both families were given $10,000 checks, and that's only the beginning. You know, we always say we're with them forever, but uh, we pay off their mortgage. We cover all their health insurance. We cover the kids through college. I always say daycare through college, and that's what we do. Funeral services for 34-year-old officer Mason Griffith are set for Sunday. 31-year-old Adam Sullentrup is said to be day-to-day in his recovery. The nonprofit that calls itself the St. Louis region's voice for better biking and walking is out with its 2022 crash report. Last year, 173 people were killed and nearly 15,000 injured in traffic crashes across St. Louis City and County. Sam McCory is a community planner with TrailNet. Interstates, we have high-speed roads, you know, roads like St. Charles Rock Road and Gravoy and, and Natural Bridge, roads like that. And so these, these roads are dangerous and, and, you know, driving a car is very dangerous. So I think that number shocks people. McCory tells KMOX their analysis reinforced a link between poorly designed roads, high speeds, and deadly conditions for people outside of cars. A public webinar is slated for tonight from 6 till 7. Details at trailnet.org. A homeless camp on the river's edge just north of Laclede's Landing is gaining new residents after the city evicted many of them from another site last week. About 15 of the homeless people who were asked to leave the entranceway to the old Admiral Gambling Boat walked a short distance up the shoreline to an area called the Sand Pit. It's a settlement of homeless tents that founder Nathan Franklin says you have to be approved by a board of homeless people by a vote to be let in. We do have to vote people in to move back there. So you have to vote people in? We we have a board. We have a board member back there. It's like a government. It's not a government. It's a, it's a board of homeless people that got together 
became friends and family. At the sand pit, Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. A bill allowing drug users to buy fentanyl test strips from doctors and pharmacists is gaining initial approval in the Illinois House. Republicans are pushing for the measure, and Representative Jeff Kiker says the simple test strip will let drug users know if their narcotics are laced with fentanyl. We need to make sure the tools are available, that we can solve the problem on the front end before we have deaths on the back end. Critics say this would promote illegal drug use, but proponents say saving lives is what's most important. The taverns along Tam Avenue and Dogtown are stocked with corn beef ahead of the ancient order of Hibernian St. Patrick's Day Parade. Dogtown native Father Ralph Houlihan says the Archbishop made the right call, letting people eat corned beef on a Friday in Lent. That's a, that's a man-made law. It's a man-made law. And, and therefore it can be changed. So... Why not let them celebrate? Tens of thousands are expected to show up, including many school children whose parents take them out of class for the occasion. The parade steps off at 11 Friday morning at Tam in Oakland, moving south through Dogtown to end at Tam in Manchester. Game one at the Battle Dome had something for everyone, according to Battle Hawks Vice President Brandon Williams. I think it was just a great experience for uh, you know young fans, older fans, kids, college students, everybody had something that they could experience at our tailgate. We had some great uh, activations from vendors. Battle Hawks won Sunday. 38,000 fans paid to see it. St. Louis battles the D.C. Defenders Saturday night at the Dome. The KMOX business desk, the Missouri State Treasurer, paid a visit to the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis today, checking into the health of financial institutions. Vivek Malik said afterwards he was encouraged that Missouri banks remain in good position but will continue to monitor the situation. The Republican Treasurer did take a swipe at the Biden administration for raising interest rates. Higher rates, one factor being blamed for the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank in California. We've got some good news coming from Cortex. The API Innovation Center has been awarded a $9.45 million grant from the Missouri Technology Corporation. This has to do with the domestic pharmaceutical drug supply chain. And joining us right now on KMOX is the Chief Operating Officer of the API Innovation Center, Kevin Webb. Thank you for being here, Kevin. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. Kind of introduce us to what we need to know about the ingredients that go into our prescription drugs. The API, or the active pharmaceutical ingredient, is what is in every medication, and it's what allows the medication to work. For example, you take Tylenol, but the active pharmaceutical ingredient in there is called acetaminophen. Uh, for most of our medications, by that I mean our essential and our critical medicines, that active ingredient is sourced from overseas. Uh, very few of that, very little of that is actually made here in the United States. And as we think about supply chains and the over-reliance on countries such as China or India, uh, most of our medications, if that API should stop or get bottlenecked, we will not have the pharmaceutical products that we need. And when it comes to where those, uh, those ingredients come from, is that uh, a lot domestically? Is that coming from overseas? Are a lot of these perhaps controlled substances? What are some of the challenges that go into uh, procuring the, the raw materials? Well, for controlled substances, uh, you, controlled substances need to be sourced here in the United States. So what we're talking about then are medications such as our cardiology medications or our oncology agents or our antibiotics. We don't make antibiotics here in the United States. We source that from overseas. Most of our COVID-related medications are, by, by that, the active ingredients are sourced overseas. And so that may, they may bring, a, co- a company may bring the API or the active ingredient from a country overseas. They may tablet or put it into a pill or tablet here in the United States. 
but it's what is sourced overseas that gives us a therapeutic value of what the medicine of what makes the medicine work. That's where we're over relying on other countries. How much of a of a national security issue, I guess, could that be? Well, we've seen the real possibility with, uh, say, amoxicillin. Amoxicillin, it's not that because it wasn't available, it's just that there was an over-demand for it. You had uh, RSV, you had uh, influenza, you had other diseases where there was a high demand for that medication. But for many of these other medications, um, there could be a geopolitical event that then where if we're over-reliant, for example, on um, cardiology medications coming in from China, if that landscape should change, uh, and it can change very quickly, at that point, then at some point, we'll start to see that supply chain uh, run dry. Is this a hope that we can reshore the pharmaceutical ingredients supply chain, or is it actually happening? Are the companies uh, moving on this? Is, is this a hope, or is this reality right now? From our perspective, we're seeing it be in reality. Uh, the government in both, if this is a, not a Republican, Democrat, or a red-blue initiative, uh, this is a very bipartisan initiative. And I think that's where you see some of the, a lot of the funding coming through in these federal bills, and even at the state level, uh, where Republicans and, gov- and, and Democrats see the, uh, the public health and the national security urgency. And Kevin, I don't think people realize the extent, you know, St. Louisans always love to hear about what we do in the region, especially when it's something uh, new that they didn't know about. And, you know, for instance, a few years ago, EpiPens in the news, then we find out many of them are made here. COVID vaccine development, we find out Pfizer's R&D in Chesterfield. There's already a lot of these these lines and these kinds of facilities in the St. Louis area to begin with. There are. What we're looking at, and, and these companies, and these are very good companies, they may produce one or two of these particular products. What we're finding is that we have an over-reliance of most of our, say, for example, when we did research for uh, generic medications, most of the medications that we as U.S. citizens take are generics. 92% of all the medications that you get at any of your retail pharmacy is probably a generic. Um, 85% of our generics, of our top 100 generics, are sourced overseas. Uh, and, and all of a sudden now, that becomes a very big number. And so while, it's, while we're looking at vaccines, it's the run-of-the-mill everyday medications that we take, your parents or our children take, that are now particularly at risk. And Kevin, does this potentially have um, uh, the ability to lower the cost inputs, the overhead? Could this wind up lowering the cost of, of drugs to consumers? That is our that is our goal, yes. The API Innovation Center Cortex uh, just awarded a $9.45 million grant from the Missouri Technology Corporation. And we appreciate Kevin Webb, the Chief Operating Officer of API Innovation Center at Cortex, for telling us all about the mission and what's in store for St. Louis. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. I'm Michael Calhoun. Subscribe to STL All Local on the Odyssey app. Another update in the morning.